0: Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of the Miller's Gaming Podcast. I'm Miller, and I'm gonna be rambling about games and stuff again today, which is a uh, part of the course, but you know, actually made it to seven episodes, which is really cool. Okay, so I'm gonna start off with the date stuff and news, and then the usual what we have been playing, and then finally my topic at the end, which uh is basically about being a patient gamer. And st- all right, let's get started. So the first section just a little update things. So uh, I do have a, like, a little YouTube channel, which is called Miller's Game Room. I will try to post something more. I'll be putting my podcasts on there now, so if people want to prefer to listen to it on YouTube, then you can. And I'm trying to do occasional videos, like I finally uploaded my Animal Crossing Island tour video, which um, I recorded in October, but only just got put up like last week. So um, if anyone fancies watching that and seeing me uh, my amazing little island, then I'll leave a little link in the description and um, yeah. I also might try to stream again soon because I've had a lot of anxiety with all that. So I had to back burn it for a bit. And now I'm like, you know what, I'm going to try again. I'm going to get this off the ground or at least get a bit more confident with it. And I'm going to try again. I don't know when, but hopefully next time I try, we'll go a bit better than before. All right, on to the news now. I picked a bunch of things. I am mainly focused on a few, a uh, four or five things because I didn't, I could have talked more about other things, but honestly, I just, I just didn't want to lie. Go at length about things because there's just a lot to talk about, especially if you if someone like me who follows niche games. I might talk things that people may not know much about, and it's like I don't want to ramble too much on that kind of thing. So I've tried to pick some more mainstream and some more niche stuff, but a lot of this is the ends Again, there's uh first off, uh, 13 Sentinels has come to Switch, so um, I'm interested in that. It was announced on the second anniversary stream recently for like April 2022. And I'm looking forward to it, because it's like Vanillaware, and I'm like, it should really have come out with on the Switch when it first came out on the PS4, but it should have come to Switch too. but that's getting better late than never, and uh, this is basically a VN with SRPG segments, so if you've heard of Utah Wai Mono, it's basically kind of like that, but with sci-fi, well, more overt sci-fi, but that's quite overly simplistic, but it gives an idea, basically, and like, I'm, it's Vanillaware, so... Same dev- developers like Odeon Sphere, Dragon's Crown, and other games. So, I'm looking forward to that. Next one um, I picked up was... Um, so, there was a comment a while ago where basically Square Enix was like, Oh, the world... Neo, the world ends of view, underperformed. And people go, Oh, it's not met our expectations. And it's just... When I read that, I was just completely unsurprised. Because, like... um. Well, it's... I'm beyond, I've said on here before. I have a bit of a bias against Square Enix towards these kind of things because of how they didn't localize Dragon Quest games on the 3DS, which part of it. But it's like they show increasingly shown over like the past like 10 years that they don't care about games that aren't Final Fantasy or Kingdom Hearts or games developed for a Western audience. Because otherwise, they will not market it. They will not care. And hence will not understand it. So it doesn't surprise me that this game underperformed. Like, I've even seen comments where a lot of people are like, it's a sequel? I thought it was a remake. And it's like, there's part of the problem right there. Because, like, I knew about it. I knew it was a sequel. And I've not played it largely because I've not played the first game. I mean, if down the line, it'll probably be Hidden Gem. Like, that's the way it's going. Like, I remember walking into the game shop when it came out. And I could see it promoted. I was like, I'm surprised it was even being promoted. But it was still kind of nice to see, but seeing it in the expectations, didn't surprise me at all, because the average person doesn't follow games to the extent that, like, but I do, and I, I follow games quite closely, like, so it doesn't surprise me. And I don't want to go off on a rant. This just proves my point. All right, now, a few VN stuff. Um, First off, an, an English one. So, um, for those who don't know, Aniplex opened up a VN label and this label has basically announced they're bringing VNS to switch their first two games where well technically IML, which is not the same company as Aniplex, by the way it's a different company who mainly do like VN ports for consoles and stuff kind of like entegram and prototype those companies where you unless you follow vns you will never have heard of them and they bring over their games, which is uh, Atri, My Dear Moments, which is developed by Front Wing and some other studio. I forgot the name of them. And Adabana Odd Tales by Liarsoft. So um, I have not... like I knew these existed before. I knew they came out. But I'm like, are these games any good? So I'm not... I'm so-so on the news in terms of these particular games, but at the same time, it's a good sign because if they're bringing these games to Switch, even via a third party like iMail, it's a good sign for future projects. I did look at the Japanese eShop, and the listing does say it's in English. So it will presumably use the same translation as the Steam release. So uh, if you're interested in these games, you might want to get them on the Switch. If you, want, if you prefer to benefit from there. Another English at the end, which I've interested me. There's, um, Birushana Rising Fire of Genpei, which is summer 2022, but no Tomei game from my so yay! So I'm glad to see that's getting a release. Next one is this is a Japanese only release for now. I say for now because it could still be never, but it was a double pack for Chaos Head Noah and Chaos Child, which is got announced for Japan, which is for Switch next February, which combines those two science adventure VNs into one pack now. Chaos Child got released in English. That was a while ago. It was when back when PQ did major stuff, and that was from what I remember was pretty good overall in terms of the game. I didn't play it because what happened was uh, like a lot of these games, there was a and there needed to be a massive patch because there were a lot of errors. So I just like you know what I'll skip this and wait for the price to drop, and it never happened. So I didn't play it, even though I do want to play it. And even the PC version has gone had, had a a fan retranslation patch fixing stuff, so, like, if Chaos start comes to the West, that shit needs to be fixed day one. The other game was Chaos Head Noah, which is kind of notorious for being a game that can't ever come to the West, and it's, like, basically what I was able to kind of gather, because I used to follow the scene really closely, and I used to kind of see comments made occasionally by certain people, like, translators and stuff, about some these behind-the-scenes stuff, and the reason why it's most likely licensing, because chaos head uses the nitro plus engine and nitro plus do get some of their vns released on pc like they're primarily do adult stuff so things like that i've even had a run released early this year called full metal demon Ramaza, which is in that really niche and a really highly requested game so their games do happen in english and also the nitro plus tribal stuff which is bl which i've not played engaged much with either so i say much because i follow the news but I don't pick anything up because I want to see it come to Switch. In English, I mean, bloody Hashimi can come to Switch, so can a bloody Nitro Plus Chiral BL game in a Safer Work importable physical version. As a tangent, but yeah, basically, it might not come unless unless this Chaos Head Noir port was taken to a new engine entirely, then I don't think this is going to come over. And plus, you can get Chaos Children pretty much every other platform at this point anyway. Anyway, this next section, uh, time to laugh at uh, some AAA stuff again. Because, so, uh, yeah, I've was following this a bit. So, GTA Trilogy uh, patch fixing 100-plus bugs came out, and I'm just... Wow, 100-plus bugs in one patch. That was not ready for release. And I was even seeing the thing about, like, Battlefield 2042, which is basically also a massive mess as well. And uh, just basically launched incomplete without missing features and yeah I, I mean i can i mean if i don't play western games anymore and this is partly going to lead stuff to stuff we'll talk about later but this stuff this stuff is would frustrate me if i was wanting to play it but there are some funny clips which kind of made it easier like there's there was one clip at the end of battle is like these people like They're meant to be characters in war, but instead, you get at the end these lighthearted comments and one of them was like, Ha! I told you! And it's like, you really think that's appropriate for a game about war? And I'm just, wow. And also there was a Santa Claus skin for some reason, because ho ho ho, am I right? Alright, I'm gonna, I've been at this for nearly 10 minutes now, which is pretty good actually for this section. So, um, I'm gonna start with the what I've been playing for this part two and uh smt5 was a part of what i playing but i took a little bit of a break because i'm getting a burnt, bit burnt out on it because it's like turn base rpg it's like grinding requires you to use your brain but also a lot of fun with exploration and the quest and you have to actually really think about what to do it's like i've gotten to the third area like i know there's three out of four areas in the of tokyo which i'm not going to go into details for spoilers but i'm kind of using this to pace myself a bit and so far it looks pretty cool. And it's getting harder. about why it's like you haven't actually used your brain now to like form your demons, go change your elements and stuff to change your own weaknesses, give change the demon skills and stuff. It's a lot. And it's like I had to take a break and step back a bit and mainly picking up rhythm games from Vita Because, yeah, I still play Vita. I still love Avita. Mainly Tycho and Attachian V version. That was mainly what I was playing a bit. It's Tycho. I did also play Drum and Fun on the Switch as well a little bit but not as much but I tried the motion controls on that for the first time and it's like it actually plays really well with the motion controls and it's like I never actually played Taiko with the motion controls before but now I'm feeling that someday when I do get around to getting the Taiko games on the Wii and the Wii U it's going to be a lot of fun playing that with the Wii Wiimote and I'm looking forward to that eventually when I finally get my hands on the Japanese Wii U which will not be for a while because those things are expensive and also not really worth it just for bloody Taiko games other game was uh, IFT Colourful, which is always a classic for me. Vocal Rhythm Game with IA. Love it so much. I really still wish for a sequel, because like, I want that on the Switch. Released at least a port, but honestly, considering that game came out in 2015 in Japan, it I don't think it's going to get ported. I think if anything happens, it will probably be an all-new game, which is fine. Which is also what I want. So yeah, I'm... Uh, not too much to say on this section to be honest. So I'm kinda of gonna and I'm hoping when I've done SMT five, which probably won't probably won't be till end of this month or January, because it's a big game. I can play an older game basically. Especially home console only stuff, so I can keep my Switch open and get some portable games beaten. Alright, for this third and final section I'm gonna talk about my topic, which is basically why I'm mean towards being a patient gamer nowadays, which is something that's kind of increasingly been kind of an issue, not issue, but, like, kind of been something that's become more important over the past, like, few years. And especially, like, you've kind of seen hints of it in the past, like, I talk about older games on the podcast, and also talk about my overall distrust towards the Western AAA industry, which was partly talked about earlier, with the laughing at Western AAA's bit, and the I told you shit. So, um, it's basically a patient game is, like, it's a term using game communities online, where... Uh... It's a term used in gaming communities online, but basically, like we don't get games day one. We try not to buy the hype. We wait for price drops. We play these games years later when people can judge them without without the aspects of a hype and save money and stuff. It's it's and it's also kind of it's kind of like we wait a while and play later. That's basically the nutshell. And I think that's kind of a mindset I have nowadays, especially for a bunch of reasons. Like the first one's like catching up on classics because. Especially because growing up, I didn't play too many of the best games. Like, like a lot of the games I played were like when people playing like Jack and Dexter and Crash on the PS2. I was mainly playing like SpongeBob games and similar things, which, I mean, some of them were great games, but a lot of them were crap as well. Like, Battle for Bikini Bottom was great. Movie game was great, but there were, if that were not so good, like the Flight Dodgement one and those kind of things. There were some good exceptions, though, like the Mario Galaxy games on the Wii, and, um, which was good as well but um, I did miss out on a lot, and I don't want to go back and play through them properly, like sweetening games, get some Ground Lanza, Skies of Arcadia, Batonkidos, and anything else that interests me, including imports, which won't, take a, won't be high priority. Even though I got older, like a lot of the games I played in the Vita were like, I tended to get newer games on the Vita, but often of them tended to be crap, like they were the Neptunia games, like I played those games, the whole trilogy on Vita, the Rebirth trilogy, back to back. So Rebirth 1, Oh, wait, no, not fully back-to-back, but in between Rebirth 1 and Rebirth 2, I did play Tales of Files R, which was a great game. But then Rebirth 2 and Rebirth 3, with the same power system, the same grinding, like, like there were a lot. are many better games I could have been playing instead of playing these games back-to-back, which is uh, not the best use of my time, to be honest, which, I mean, I know now, like, hindsight's a powerful thing, but I want to go back and play these older games and just catch up on... Kind of get some more experience in games in general, really, because, like, it's really difficult when you're, like, you haven't got all these... It's like what i with all experience stuff for me is like I kind of want more experience but at the same time I don't want to pressure myself on doing it because I want to want more experience but to play these missing holes because a lot of these games are just not going to get re-released. Especially games where they are inaccessible because of licensing which apparently is the case in Shadow Hearts for example which is a very popular RPG series on the PS2 in the RPG fan fanbase. To so things like companies losing the source code and to rebuild from scratch which... Apparently, it's what happened with Square Enix and Kingdom Hearts, having to rebuild that from scratch for the PS3 remaster, which would have been a lot of work. And just the companies overall just not caring about preserving their own games. So, a lot of these times, the only way to play it is either to track down the original physical copy, which is my preferred option, assuming it's not ridiculously expensive, or to emulate it, which I don't want to do, but I'll have no choice at some point. I feel like it can be a bit contradicting because like I get excited about a certain announcements. Like in this podcast, there were things early I was excited about, but that's usually me getting hyped for self care reasons because it's fun to round about games, especially when like it's like when there's not much to be positive about in other ways, and it's really good and helpful for me. But it's like I thought I got oh I'm gonna play this. I want to play this, but I usually don't get it. If that makes sense, it's like if I do get it day one, which which is very rare now. It'll be something like SMT5, a game I've waited for for years. Or something that I know I'm going to enjoy and appreciate. Or something that is going to be a limited print. But it doesn't happen much now because of things like money and stuff. Which does fall into things as well. Which I, I think... I'm not waiting for price drops. It does happen. Like, no game. Like, very few games are worth full price. Very few of them. Especially when publishers charge for the roof of them or have to like or have to basically like because for some companies they have to move it to a limited print model so a lot of these companies like they have to sell it at a higher cost via a limited print run to make their money back which is basically how limited run games exists whereas it's just like i shouldn't have to pay lots of money up front for a physical copy i mean, I can get digital but i'm just not really a fan of getting a game digital but I might have no choice, because part of being a patient game means sometimes having to get a game digital, which is irritating, but it might be better than nothing. But with money, it's like, if you know what you're doing, which I kind of tend to do, you'll be able to get games cheaper, especially if, like, buying lots and split the lot. You can just sell the games you don't like from the lots and keep the ones you do, which is a way to save money, and you can save money that way. And I'm going to move on to the, uh, yeah, I think... no. I know it's also constricted for niche games as well, with reasons I kind of touched on, like the pricing goes up with limited prints. Importing as well is another example, because a lot of games that would have gotten physical in the West like 5, 10, 15 years ago are now digital in the West, but physical in Asia. And I think a good example of this is like with Square Enix stuff like Mana Remasters, Saga stuff, Final Fantasy Maxima. In Asia, they're all physical on the Switch in English, but in the West they're digital which is really bad decision. And it's largely because in Asia, like in many of these countries, internet access can be still really poor. So a lot of these companies have to release their games physically so their audience can actually get the games. Whereas, like, it's true in the West as well, where a lot of areas are like, you don't have the best connectivity. But it's always like, oh, more in the West so they can just download it. And it's like, yeah, it's just not good. And the thing as well, it touched into FOMO, so like, if you don't get if you don't get it now, it'll go out of stock and it'll get more expensive, and you may never be able to get it, which is definitely anxiety. And companies tap into that to, to get a copy sold, which is unhelpful. But if you're not, so you can get them later because they're just they're just they're just games, so you can always get them later. And Yeah, I think the fact that with gaming as well it is quite expensive, so trying to save money in any way possible is a great idea. So waiting for the right price for these games is definitely a good thing to do. Other reasons are uh, a lot of new releases, especially from the Western AAA side. They tend to be buggy, incomplete, or require a lot of patches, which is also an example of late-stage capitalism because come like, oh, let's just get this game shipped out. We don't care. We'll just patch it later. People will buy it. And in the last five or so years, that has largely been proven true. Like, lately, it, it's been tested quite a bit because people really did not like Battlefield 2042 being terrible and also call of duty vanguard got kind of mere reviews as well and the gta trilogy is also getting panned as well for being shit but even with that it's like that's getting a physical and in, in this month but it's going to be completely worthless because of these massive patches but it's coming to get mad because they just wanted they just wanted money and it's just like and a lot of people just aren't even aware of like how bad it is to, to making these games where companies just they just don't it's really difficult to, like, get the word out about working conditions because, like, a lot of people in the core game community are aware of it, but a lot of people outside of it either don't know or don't care. Which is the reality for... with a lot of people being so casual that they just don't care. And because there's this mindset of, oh, just patch it, people are more justified to ship it, especially because it's easier than ever to patch games, whereas in the past it was, like, it had to be shipped complete on disc or the cards. Because people wouldn't be able to download it because it would would cost a lot to get it shipped back and replaced. And it's honestly like I kind of learned over the years of those games like if I'm interested in a Western AAA game it's just going to get messed up and if it usually goes down that route I'm like, you know, I don't want to play this anymore because it'll just get messed up where it'd be like the game be, be, be technical turd or the staff get abused and it's like ugh, I just can't stand it. I'm not saying many Japanese games are better because it's it's still quite bad there as well. But I think it's like, I think it's easier to kind of gloss over, it, especially because in Japan it's so normalized with a working culture, whereas in the West it's like, it's it's getting increasingly more taboo to talk to, not talk about it in that sense. Like maybe we'll still bear it under the rug, but like it's more, talking about it's more open, whereas in Japan it's not, and it's just like. It's just kind of difficult, really. And it's just... Yeah. Other thing as well is, like... Nowadays, it's... It's like... like If there's problematic content in the game... It's more reasonable to expect it would get removed. Whether it be during development or after release. Especially because now, like, marginalized communities... Have a seat at the table. Whether it be, like, inner developers... As in contractors or actual staff in the game... Or outside, like a consumer... Or a journalist, and so actually, go, this stuff needs to be taken out. And we have kind of started to see that with, with games in the sense of things getting changed or or, the, or or accessibility stuff being added in. And this is not the case for older games, so it's, it's kind of like less, less upsetting seeing it. Like, it's still bad, but it's kind of less upsetting knowing that it was made in an era where these, like, these communities just didn't have a seat at the table. Whereas I can be a little bit more lenient with it. Like, it's still bad. And I'd still give it a black mark against it. Like, it's of about Psycho Wars 5 and the usage of the wheelchair trope for one of the characters, which I talked about in the previous episode. It's But nowadays it's more upset because I know that it could and should have been avoided. And if a company does include problematic crap in their game, then they know they're fucked up. I think the main thing for me is, like, being a patient gamer is, like... At the end of the day, they're just video games, and you don't own the corporation anything. You don't owe them a thing because they just want your money. And even with a dev like this is a passion project, it's still a business. And you don't owe businesses your time, your money, or your respect. And so, if it means playing a game they made like 10 plus years after release by getting a secondhand game on the market or via an emulator where they get no money, Alexa, stop. So if it means getting it second-hand on the market, years later, or emulating it when I don't have any money, then... So if it means like you get a game ten years later on the market, after it came out, whether it be secondhand or via an emulator, then it doesn't matter, because you can play it on your own terms, you can enjoy your hobby... And they've already made their money back. And for many of these older games, they're not available elsewhere. And even so, like, if you've paid like, Final Fantasy VII or something similarly well-known, like, three or four times, you really don't need to buy another copy. You really don't. Not unless there's a lot of new features and you really wanted to to buy it to have these new features in it. But otherwise, you don't need it. Like, I love collecting games. I love having the thought of having a game room. I love having that and having those... Hopes and jeans but they're just games they're just games and you don't have to spend tons to to have this hobby you don't have to like buy all the newest stuff have all the newest consoles to have all this stuff to be like say you're in this hobby you like playing games you don't have to you don't have that and anyone that does that is a bit of an asshole really only real exceptions to people that have to follow the new stuff are things like games journalists Actual developers and stuff where they have to follow these trends to keep on top of things. But even then, they're not assholes because it's their job. And even then, like, it doesn't always pay off to follow the trends. Especially things like, even with 3DS, for example. 3D technology, glasses, free 3D. By the end of the cycle, the majority of games didn't use the 3D anymore. It just was 2D only because people just didn't really care much for it. But it was still a great console. And at the time, the 3D were amazing. But it just wasn't the best trend. And even now, like, being on the 3DS, I've still been playing, like, 3DS games in 2021. And I'll still be playing more, because there's still plenty more games on that handheld I've yet to play. Because there are some amazing games on that thing I've still not played. And I still plan to play them, because a game is timeless. Even It just doesn't have to be new to be amazing. And especially for someone that, like, still has a soft spot for, like, PS2-era graphics... It's still lovely looking at those games to this day. Just got to keep all this stuff in mind and just enjoy my hobby as best I can. And that goes for anyone listening to this. Like, you just got to enjoy your hobby. Fuck what people think. If you want to play games years after they release, you play them years after release. If you don't want to throw money at companies for buying these older games and prefer to go the physical route or emulation to these older games that aren't available elsewhere, then you go that route. It's like, you don't owe them anything. And you don't owe a, a company time to, like, buy these brand new games. Especially if they turn out to be broken and hope they get fixed later. Because especially in cases of things like live service and things like that, they're not going to get fixed. Yeah, I think I'm going to stop now. I've been at this for, like, 25 minutes now, which is really good. And, yeah, I'm hoping to get this up next week. And um, I'm hoping after this to... Maybe get a video or something done for Vita's 10th anniversary, because in Japan, it actually came out on the 17th, which is um, not next week, but the week after, as of filming this, or not filming, recording, and I might want to get something for that, if I can get, get around to it, because it'll be a lot when the Vita yeah um i'm gonna stop now and i thank you all for watching and uh, please subscribe like boost algorithms in various ways across your platforms follow me etc and uh, thank you goodbye